Yes, sir. Enjoy the weekend, Harge, and enjoy lunch with uh, Kenny Sims, man. That is that is awesome. All right, welcome in to another edition of Midday with Trey and BK right here on Texas Sports Unfiltered. We are with you until 1 o'clock before we hand things off to Chip and Zay. We are with you here on Texas Sports Unfiltered as a station until 5 o'clock. Happy Friday to you and yours. We'll talk plenty of Texas Baylor. We'll preview the massive slate of games that we have in college football tomorrow. We'll talk some NFL as well. Plenty of football conversation over the next 59 minutes and change right here on Trey and BK. What's going on, brother? Oh, not a lot. Just uh, another beautiful day in paradise. I am excited to do this show today, the show a little bit later on. And I have an interview with ESPN's Marty Smith that is going to delay my start on the three to five time slot based on his new book called Sideline CEO that interviewed a bunch of championship winning coaches in college sports to get their thoughts on a number of different traits that successful leaders tend to exhibit. So it's a good day heading into the weekend. I got the second and third grade girls volleyball practice tonight. Our game is tomorrow morning. And then I'm heading down to New Braunfels for a bachelor party this weekend. That's right. At 45, I didn't know if I'd be attending any more bachelor parties. Maybe my son's at some point, 10, 15, 20, 25 years down the road. But as far as current friends holding bachelor parties, I get at least one more before it's all said and done. First marriage? Second marriage? Second. Okay. Did you go to the first bachelor party? There wasn't a first bachelor party. What's the amount of bachelor parties one person gets? In their lifetime? Yeah, like if you're on wife number three or four, you don't get bachelor party number three or four, right? I see see what you're talking about. I thought you were saying like Donald Trump with uh, only so many heartbeats, which is why it doesn't work out. You only have so many heartbeats in that heart, so you don't want to waste them working out. Uh, No, I don't know. I think it just depends on what the uh, festivities are that are planned. Like you could have 10 bachelor parties if you really wanted to. Now, those numbers are going to dwindle. The crew that's around for bachelor party number one is probably going to look drastically different, not only in terms of those who are still around and how much they've aged, but also maybe a completely different group of people who are hanging out for bachelor party number 10. I guess bachelor parties are more necessary at your age than they are for my age. Or at least at your life stage versus my life stage. Because now you've got an excuse to like just F around and drink and have a good time and not deal with the responsibilities that life presents. For me, that's every single weekend for me. Yeah. Like I, I don't have to worry about that stuff because I'm single and I don't have any kids. So you might need this more than people my age and in my cycle of life need this. That is the common commentary with regards to older guys with families getting away for the weekend. But it's not like it's going to be some stripper and cocaine-fueled event. Like, we're legitimately going to this, I'm calling it a lake house. It's a river house on the Guadalupe River in New Braunfels. We're walking distance from where they rent the uh, inner tubes out to float the river. And Uh where this house is, is essentially right when you get out of the river. So we're going to do that for part of our Saturday. I'm going to have a bunch of things recording on YouTube TV, but we will be back and settled in for, if not the start of the 2.30 games, at some point soon after that, but certainly by the time Texas and Baylor and Ohio State and Notre Dame and some of the evening games get going. So you are floating the river? That's that's what it sounds like right now, yes. Cool. I love that. Have you done that before? It's been a while. Yeah, I've done it. Here's the issue, though. Like, I don't necessarily want to drink like 20 beers and think that I'm feeling okay until I step out of the inner tube and onto the riverbank at the end of the float and then realize that I'm just completely shit faced. That that's doesn't the, appeal to me at all. That, that's that's a bad take because that's the best part of the whole day right there. That's it. I wish I could have that feeling every single day where I just take one step and all of a sudden I realize I'm pissed drunk. And I didn't realize it before that step. That's I want that all the time. I'm trying something a little bit different tomorrow if we float the river. I'm going to take some... Ooh, should I be saying this on the air right now? Ah, fuck it. 
I'm probably going to take some psychedelic mushrooms. Oh, yeah. We're Come gonna on, see what, what sort of floating trip that becomes. Wow, that will indeed be a trip. Yeah, enjoy that. Please let me know how that goes. I will. I have not I done that one before. Goodness gracious. And by the way, going back to something you said a couple of minutes ago, uh, your son's not inviting you to his bachelor party, dude. He doesn't want your old ass there. You're probably right about that. But if I attend another bachelor party after this one, it will most likely be that. Hmm. I will say this. I didn't realize that was a thing. My cousin who got married early this year, his dad, my uncle, was at the bachelor party. I, I thought that was peculiar, and they might be watching, so sorry, Ben and Uncle David. But It just, it just depends on the father-son relationship. Yeah. Because I, I have been at weddings where the best man was the groom's dad. And Good on you for that one, if that's the case. As a matter of fact, it's somebody that stood up in my wedding. I stood up in his wedding, but his dad was the best man, and his dad was also at the bachelor party. His dad shattered his ankle at the bachelor party. They were in New Orleans. I don't think it was Mardi Gras weekend, but it was just like a typical crowded weekend in New Orleans, and he wasn't even like shit-faced at this point. He was just stepping off of a curb and ended up suffering a compound fracture in his ankle. Wow. Well, bachelor party is one thing. Best man, you're a loser. Make some friends. Ouch. Yeah. Like, I love my dad. I think my dad would punch me in the face if I asked him to be the best man in my wedding. <laughs> like that, that, he'd be so disappointed in his son for not having any friends that he could actually ask to be the best man and that he had to resort to calling his dad to do that. I mean, come DJ, on. Too old for shrooms? It's a fair question. Maybe too old for a heroic dose, but that's not what I'm talking about tomorrow. I'm just talking about taking a couple of nibbles. A little micro dose? Yeah. Okay. Now let me know how that goes. I'm intrigued. And I got questions about your friend and his dad. It's a weird bit there. I also have questions about this Texas offense, Trey. What are we going to see from Quinn Ewers tomorrow? Are we going to see Alabama Quinn Ewers? Or are we going to see Rice, Wyoming Quinn Ewers? And I hate that that is still a question that I have to ask, but because of what we saw last year, because of what we've seen through these first three games this year, feels like a fair question. Now, Baylor's run defense is so bad, Quinn Ewers might not have to throw the ball more than 20 to 25 times tomorrow, but you're not going to go an entire football game without your quarterback dropping back to pass at all. So they're going to need something from Quinn Ewers to win this game in Waco tomorrow night. What are we going to see from him? And what are we going to see from this Texas offense as a whole coming off of a very lethargic, at least three-quarter performance against Wyoming last Saturday? BK, I know that we wanted to put this game out of our memory because even though Texas did win the game and we had that exciting Roshan Johnson go-ahead touchdown that essentially served as the game winner, a great way to send him off from the University of Texas, his final game at DKR. But is there something that stands out to you from the Baylor defensive performance with last year's matchup at the end of the season? Yeah. The fact that they were able to get pretty consistent pressure on Quinn Ewers. Bingo. Mm -hmm. Which speaks to the need to try and neutralize that by running the GD ball more early on in the game and on early downs. Now that's not to say that you have to do it every time, but mix in the run a little bit more than you have throughout the first three games worth of game plans. I know we're broken records at this point, but I think this is a key, not just in the Texas offense looking better in the first half, but it might be the key in helping to unlock Quinn Ewers a little bit earlier too, not put so much on his shoulders and allow him to feel a little bit more comfortable as he is starting to gear up that passing attack. Yeah, run to set up the pass this weekend. And look, I, you could tell Sark tries to get Quinn Ewers in rhythms early. You see a lot of the Greg Davis type of offensive play calls early in games. But uh, run the ball, man. I mean, Baylor's got one of the worst defenses in Power 5 right now. They've got the second worst run defense in the Big 12, only ahead of Houston, who absolutely sucks. And they look like they don't belong in the Big 12 right now. Like, that should be the game plan. And oh, by the way, C.J. Baxter's back, right? So you've got your full complement 
of tailbacks against a really, really bad run defense. And I think the strength of the Baylor sec- uh, defense right now is its secondary. Do I think the secondary is that good? No, we're not talking about one of the best in college football by any stretch, but like that is their strong suit right now. So, okay, Texas passing game has been a little inconsistent thus far this season. Uh, Baylor's run defense has been very inconsistent so far this season. It feels like an opportunity for Texas to establish the ground game early and often. And we know they can run when they need to, but hey, let's not wait till the fourth quarter to establish the running game. Like try to get that done early and just wear that Baylor defense down over the course of four quarters to where, hey, that's going to open up some things over the top as well with this offense. And like you said, make life a whole hell of a lot easier for Quinn Ewers. Looking at the Baylor offense, should I be a little bit more concerned than I am right now? Because I see a decent rushing attack for Baylor, but a quarterback who isn't even hitting 50% of his passes. And quite frankly, if you disrupt his first read, he's in trouble. He can pick up some yards on the ground, but he's not nearly as elite a runner as Jalen Milrow is. So I feel like we may see a similar game plan to what Texas deployed against Alabama. But this is the Baylor talent that is going up against that versus the Alabama talent. Yeah, I'm not sure you have to disrupt anything Sawyer Robertson does. He's going to struggle regardless. (laughs) And we tried to talk to David Smoke yesterday. Didn't have much luck. Uh, Chaos Theory with Rodney and Wags talked to Craig Smoke earlier this week. And they asked him about the Baylor offense. And I want you to hear this. This is a guy who covers Baylor, basically answering the question how Baylor is going to score against Texas. And he doesn't sound very confident. Are they going to be able to run the ball on Texas? I have my doubts. If they can't, uh, can they throw the ball around based on what we saw last week? Absolutely not. So I'm I'm at a loss for how they're going to try and, and, you know, move the football um they're gonna have to try and hit some big plays but i just don't know if they had that capability of robertson's not able to put full strength behind his throws um he's also a young guy you know he's not somebody who's got a lot of starts under his belt he played sparingly in mississippi state under leach and then you know has played uh so far a little bit in each of these first three games and obviously a lot last week as the starter but um yeah man it, it's they're not going to be able to run like they did against Long Island last week, and that's all they did, basically. They didn't do much of anything in the passing game, and like I said, what they did was not all that impressive, so I don't know how they are planning on scoring points. They're going to try to force the run, and just hopefully Robertson's a bit sh- uh, excuse me, a bit sharper than he was last week, but beyond that, um, you know, that too is, is something I'm very curious about because it has not been an easy road trying to score points for this offense. I was confused there for a second because it sounded like he said uh, Sawyer Robertson is a bitch. It's like, I hope Sawyer <laughs> Robertson is a bitch. It's like a bit, oh, I meant to say a bit whatever. Uh, but You know what you meant to say, Smoke. <laughs> it's, it's not surprising to hear somebody who watches this football team closely at a bit of a loss for how this offense can get going because they've been inconsistent against far inferior competition versus what they're going to be facing with this Texas defense tomorrow night, BK. By the way, Smokey, the original Smokey, David Smoke, was very apologetic last night. He assures us that he is not that technologically inept. It was just a matter of his headset not being picked up by his computer for whatever reason. So we may try and catch up with Smokey down the road if Baylor can get things turned around and uh, is playing a uh, big conference matchup later in the year. But David Smoke does apologize for what happened yesterday. And I apologize to you people because we will not be talking to David Smoke in 2023 because Baylor will not be playing in any meaningful conference games this season because they're not very good this nope. year. But how about that? Like Baylor insider and and Craig Smoke, he's a Baylor fan too. Like yeah. He's like, I don't know what we're going to do. And you heard in the middle of that cut, he's like, you know, Sawyer Robertson, I don't know if he's going to be able to get everything behind his throws. He's actually battling an ankle injury. So Blake Shapin, the starter, he's not playing. We've known that. Sawyer Robertson, he is playing. He's the starter for Baylor tomorrow, but he's not 100% right now. So, like, you've got the starting quarterback out for Baylor. Their best running back, Dominic Richardson, is out with the high ankle sprain. The backup quarterback who is going to play is a little bit banged up. The guy who was expected to be Baylor's best wide receiver this year has been in the doghouse, and when he has been playing, he's... Oh, he's looked like a Texas wide receiver because he can't catch. Like, Baylor has all sorts of issues offensively right now. And if the Texas defense just does what it's done 
through three games, they've played at an elite level, then I'm kind of with Smokey there. I I don't know how Baylor is going to score a lot of points. To me, the way this game is close is if the Texas offense just shoots itself in the foot. If they have done penalties, if they lose the battle of field position, if they turn it over to give Baylor short fields, like that is the way Baylor's offense can find a little bit of a rhythm. But man, with with how that offense has looked, even when healthy, but especially without shape and, and with how this Texas defense has played, I have a tough time thinking Baylor's going to be able to put together 70, 75, 80-yard touchdown drives consistently, if at all, tomorrow night. So you were reluctant a little bit earlier in the week to jump on board with the popular sentiment that Texas is going to crush Baylor tomorrow night. Are you feeling a little bit better about those prospects now, the more that you have watched the game tape, of course, with the Bears, and then also studied this matchup? No. It has nothing. It has nothing to do with Baylor. It, it has everything to do with just me still not trusting Texas. It's my sure. UTSD kicking in. It's as simple as that. Like um, Wyoming might be better than Baylor right now. With threats to our nation waiting around every corner, adaptability is more important than ever. When conditions change without notice, quick strategic thinking is crucial. And with obstacles consistently impending, determination is essential in overcoming them. It's this willingness, decisiveness, and resilience that sets Marines apart. With our fighting spirit, we don't just fight battles, we win them. Marines are the constant our nation counts on to fight the unknown. And through adaptable problem solving, we do just that. Learn more at Marines.com. Rice, probably not better than Baylor, but hell, Texas State beat the crap out of Baylor. So Baylor clearly has some issues. But I just, this team just, it plays down to its competition. And I have not seen enough consistency against inferior opponents this year and in years past to think that this thing is going to be a boat race. So should it be? Yeah, absolutely. Like 15 points shouldn't be a big enough line based on the talent gap. And I think the coaching gap right now, honestly, between these two staffs. But I just, I don't have faith in Texas going out there tomorrow and not shooting itself in the foot repeatedly to give Baylor a chance to make this one interesting. God, I hope you're wrong about that. I am, I do not want to talk about another first half's worth of struggles or a team that's too close to Texas at the end of the third quarter or halfway through the third quarter versus us winning one going away to where we can start seriously talking about backups getting into the game before the third quarter is over with. Like Are I you want thinking, to, you thinking we're going to get that tomorrow? I think it's possible. But I want one of those cakewalk victories because I think you will, will have some other opportunities in the Big 12. But the next couple of weeks after this one, you're not going to get that. And then you have a bye the week after the OU game. Like, I think Kansas is probably going to end up being a bit of a back-and-forth affair. Texas hopefully ultimately pulls away in that. And then I think Oklahoma is going to be a good game, not just because Oklahoma is better this year and Dylan Gabriel will be in there at quarterback for them, but this is a rivalry game. And even in those games where one team is heavily favored over the others, we've seen very close games in those situations, if not the underdog winning outright, which Texas has benefited from on more than one occasion over the last 10 to 15 years now. God, I really don't want to lose tomorrow. I don't want to lose to any Big 12 team this year, right? I mean, I'd never want to lose any game, of course, but I just, I don't want any other fan base to have any sort of bragging rights over Texas. Like, cause outside of Oklahoma, we have no idea when we're going to be playing any of these teams ever again. Yeah. I'm not going to go full hyperbole and say, you know, Texas will never play Baylor after this Saturday. They're going to find a way to play at some point, but obviously it's not on the schedule and it won't be on the schedule for at least the next five years, maybe longer than that. Like I know Texas has dominated Baylor historically. I talked about this earlier this week. I just I don't want Baylor to be able to talk trash like, yeah, we got that one. We got that one. And you guys were scared. So you left for the SEC because you didn't want to play Baylor anymore, which everyone knows is a crock of shit. But that's the type of stuff people say if you lose games like this. So please go in this one tomorrow. And every every game counts the same win by one counts the same as a win by 50. But in a vacuum, if you win this game by one point tomorrow, it's going to be hard to feel confident that you're going to run the table and be a playoff team like we know this team should be capable of. They play like they did on the road against Alabama. They can take that with them to Waco tomorrow. Then you'll get your wish. We'll see a bunch of backups in the game going into the fourth quarter. But 
I mean, that, that, that was one game. The other two games, they play like that. We're not going to see any backups play, and we're going to unfortunately be sweating deep into the second half tomorrow night. Yeah, you can only choke down so many sloppy performances against bad teams before you realize that is eventually going to bite you in the ass against better competition that can take advantage of it. Yeah, don't know if Baylor's that competition that you're talking about, but and they 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 have better athletes than Wyoming or Rice do. Like I, I don't know if they're a better team right now, but they they've got enough dudes who can uh, give you some fits if you allow them to. Yeah, I think that was more trying to piggyback on your point that even if Texas plays a bad game tomorrow, I don't think that they lose to Baylor. But that would just mm-hmm. be one more example to point to if and when it happens later in the year against could be a Kansas or an Oklahoma, could be a little bit later than that against a Kansas State or even a Texas Tech if they get their shit turned around for conference play. Like that, there will be a moment in this year that if they're not taking an opponent seriously enough and they start terribly like they have two out of their first three games heck maybe three out of the first three games we're talking specifically about offense they weren't great against alabama they had a few nice moments in the first half but they really got things going in the third quarter then yeah that's going to be a problem at some point they do have a little bit of wiggle room though because they did beat alabama on the road so perhaps even in one of those moments it could serve as a wake-up call that helps propel them the rest of the way yeah absolutely you're feeling good about texas covering right now I'm sticking with my uh, 11 touchdown margin of victory tomorrow. <laughs> the horns by 77 in Waco. That's right. Could you, could you imagine 77 to nothing tomorrow? That'd be the greatest thing ever. I've watched it play out one time in my life, and it was Oklahoma completely hammering AM, however long ago that was 2004, 2005. Gosh, it may have been more like 2009 or so. But. That was a crazy game in part because at some point Bob Stoops was just running halfback dives and AM was still having a hard time stopping that. Yeah, I think it called the dogs off and it, it didn't matter. It was a bunch yeah. of flaws that were running over AM that day. I think they were calling QB Neals and still scoring touchdowns in that game. Yeah. I mean, they were up 77 to nothing like in the third quarter against the Aggies that year. Uh, there's that great still shot of Mike Sherman on the AM sideline just looking like a deer in the headlights. Like, what? What have I done? What is happening here? Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah, I wouldn't mind. Although, hell, Baylor could be up 77 to nothing, and Dave Aranda would have the same exact expression as he would if his team was down 77 to nothing. I think that we would see him cracking a smile or two if he was up 77 to nothing on Texas. It's, uh, he over- that he's bought himself like three more years in Waco, even if he loses every game the rest of the way. Do you want to spend three more years in Waco? <laughs> nope. Yeah. The over-under on Dave Aranda smiles is like one and a half tomorrow. Under feels like the safe bet, the way he usually operates. What's going on? Are you holding your microphone today? Yeah, I'm, I'm, I'm sitting back a little bit more. I need to get an arm, I think, for this microphone because otherwise the mic is over here and you probably can't hear me nearly as well. Is there a drastic difference there? Yeah. Yeah. So I'm holding it in front of my mouth, but that is requiring me to actually hold it and tinker with it a little bit. You're leaning back because your back hurts from all the volleyball you're playing? No, I'm leaning back just to be more comfortable. Like sitting straight up is, it gets tiring over the course of a handful of hours. So I'm trying this position to see if this works a little bit better. And for the most part, it does other than my microphone moving around nonstop. So I've got to get a solution out for that now. Uh, like a little small table or something to put next to you to throw the mic on like uh, Bucky's got. Yeah, something like this. Oh, that's actually not bad. It's just under oh, your nice. arm? That's not going to work either. No, it's on It's on the... Um, you can see... Ooh, you're going to get a crush. Uh, no, I'm not looking. You can see this, uh, this little armrest right here. I can't see it because I got my hand over my eyes, dude. Not, not right here. Don't look right here. Look right here. All right, we're we're done with the crotch shot now. Not right here, right here. Dude. <laughs> god. <laughs> oh my god. Whoever is watching is no longer watching. My goodness. All right, 512-222-9328 is the text line if you want to chime in there. We also have to give our picks. We're going we're going all college games. We didn't talk about this beforehand, but because we've got so many great college football games this weekend, We'll go six college football games against the spread. So we'll do five of the six ranked 
versus ranked matchups, and then we'll also do the Texas Baylor game. What's uh, the ranked matchup we're not doing? Penn State, Iowa. Oh yeah, you would pick Penn State in that game, correct? Dude, I'd I'd rather die than bet on Iowa. Exactly. <laughs> Me too. <laughs> like that's that's where my life has gone to this point. So. Uh, yeah, we'll do that in a little bit, but let's give some love to some of our great sponsors. How about a recorded spot from our buddy Tom McKay and the kid at Audio Visual Consultations? Hi, this is Tom McKay with Audio Visual Consultations. And Camilla McKay. Kid, what time is it? Oh, man, it's back to sports time. The hockey and football seasons are upon us. And baseball is winding down to the best part. And what about basketball season? I'm 5'2". Who the hell cares about basketball? Yeah, we're talking about watching, not playing. And in that case, you've got everyone covered, right? That's right. Audiovisual Consultations has been providing awesome systems and service throughout Texas for over 30 years. Installing home entertainment systems and livening up restaurants with incredible audio and video systems. We're talking multi-screen video wall. And home entertainment that puts you in the best seat in the stadium. Just give us a call at 512-255-8678. Hey, aren't you forgetting something? Oh, yeah, I almost forgot. Hug your kids until they beg you to stop. Watch a game with your friends. And make love to whoever the hell you want. Just give us a call at 512-255-8678 or visit us at avconsultations.com. Go Stars! Go Bruins! Kid. Come on, kid. Real quick, Trey, a couple of peaks at... The text line, I can't read one of these texts, 512-222-9328. Somebody says, Texas is not going undefeated. OU, BYU, or K-State, they are losing one of those. I hope it's just one. BYU has been a surprise team in the conference up to this point. So is UCF, too. Yeah, UCF's playing without its quarterback for the next couple of weeks, I'm pretty sure. So they play K-State tomorrow, mm-hmm. and that game is a lot less interesting because uh, John Rice uh, Plumley is, I don't think he's going to be a part of that one. I need to fact check myself on that deal. Um, BYU, an impressive win in Fayetteville. They were down 14 nothing early at Arkansas and came back to win a shootout against the Hogs. So, uh, yeah, I think BYU is going to be Kansas tomorrow. I really do. Like the game's in Lawrence. Kansas is an eight to nine point favorite. Um, I don't know. Maybe it's just like my UTSD being scared of all things Mormon because of what BYU did to Texas at the start of last decade that I think it's going to translate now to the Hawks in Lawrence tomorrow. Mm. But yeah, uh, BYU, thank God that game is here and not in Provo. And I keep checking BYU's roster to make sure the boy on the bicycle is not on there. Make sure the Saints can't trade that dude to BYU for the week that Cougar Mormons, Mormon Cougars play the Longhorns. That happens. I think we're we're in a lot of trouble. But I don't know. I'll take one loss. I don't want to lose any. But sign me up for one loss right now in a conference championship because that means a Final Four appearance. Yeah, we need to have somebody monitoring I ten between New Orleans and where seventy one meets up with it in a couple of weeks when Bay- when BYU is coming to town just to ensure that the boy on the bike is not faking a knee injury with the Saints so that he can come grab one more game of eligibility with the Cougs and figure out a way to hurdle. Oh, gosh. I guess the guy that would have to get hurdled because it's got to be a white safety, right? Yep. So the guy that, have to get hurdled, that has to get hurdled is Michael Taff. Oh, <laughs> uh, no. Much less of, of a D-bag, supposedly, than Dylan Haynes. Mm-hmm. Yeah, no comment on that one. But if I see the boy on the bicycle here, I'm gonna I'm gonna kill him. If he if he plays in that game, I will rush the field and and kill him. I think. I thought you were gonna hit him with your car when he was on his bicycle. Uh, I could do that too. Either way, and one more text. Any dinner spot wrecks for my wife and 11th month old in Cedar Park, Trey? Oh hell yes. Mm. Should I just respond hell yes and then that's it? No, no. They well, did ask a yes or no question. So really, you would be answering the question by saying, yes, you do have dinner racks. Start with a hell yes and then tell them for amazing barbecue. Go to Styles Switch. Yes, they have a location in Cedar Park to go along with the North Lamar location. The Cedar Park location, little insider foodie knowledge here, is the only location of the two that serves that delicious cheesy tater tot casserole six nights a week 
They're closed on either Sundays or Mondays. I think they're closed on Mondays. But every other night, they now serve that cheesy tater tot casserole. It used to only be a part of the Wednesday prime rib special. But that is an excellent side. Highly recommend. They do a great job with all their meats, too. But if you're looking for Mexican, Mama Betty's on Parmer and, oh gosh, what is that road? It's not Avery Ranch. It is what turns into uh, Lake Line going in one direction. I forget what it what the direction is going towards um, going towards Round Rock, but Mama Betty's is another solid option. If you're looking for good Mediterranean food, Levant Cafe will get the job done. And there's a bunch of other mm-hmm. good restaurants up and down 1431, but Style Switch, Mama Betty's, or Levant. Turns from Lake Line to Lady Bird Line, I believe, is uh, how it switches. I don't know if I have have that one right. Thanks for the text. Keep those coming. Shout out to all of our great sponsors, including Covert, B-Cave. If you're looking for a new or pre-owned car, truck, or SUV, go see our friends at Covert, B-Cave. Next Friday, not this Friday, of course. Next Friday, we'll be back out at Covert, B-Cave, another pregame Longhorn Luncheon the day before the Kansas game. We'll have a great, legendary, lifetime Longhorn be with us. Texas Sports Unfiltered will be out there. We'll have some free lunch for y'all. You'll be able to ask some questions and take some pictures and even get some autographs signed by an unnamed Texas Longhorn legend. But we think you guys are going to be excited about this one. So in the meantime, you don't have to wait till next Friday to go out in Covert. Uh, go out to Covert, B-Cave, three state-of-the-art dealerships, so many vehicles on the lot, seven different brands. They've got you covered. Plus, they've got Covert Ford and Chevy in Hutto. Covert Ford and Lincoln in Austin as well. Nobody beats a covert deal. Not now, not ever. Those are the rules. I don't make them up. I just tell you that those are the rules. They're the best in the business. All right, Trey. Um, let's do a little NFL before we get into our picks, since our sure. pick focused on college. Man, I mean, I, I'm one of those Cowboys fans that thinks every year is the exact same. Like, I, I don't fall for the banana in the tailpipe. I don't fall for the cheese in the mousetrap. I don't buy into every, any year being the Cowboys year like the stereotypical Cowboys fan does. But it's damn near impossible to not get a little excited with what you've seen from the Cowboys through these first two games. I mean, they've played the Giants and the Jets. The Giants have some issues. We saw that last night. The Jets without Aaron Rodgers, they're not that good. Still, the Cowboys 2-0, the best point differential in the NFL, and it's not even close. They were firing on all cylinders, and it just felt like everything was going right in Big D. And then, of course, in practice, talking about practice, man, one of the best players on the team, Trayvon Diggs, the all-pro corner, tears his ACL. He is out for the season. That feels like a uh, back-to-reality, come-back-down-to-earth moment for Cowboys fans. That is a huge, huge loss I don't have anybody on the roster who can do what Trayvon Diggs can do. No, I mean, look, Jerry talked about it on 105.3 The Fan, I guess, earlier today, that sometimes Trayvon Diggs gets burned because he takes chances, but because of those chances, he has become one of the best defensive backs in the league at forcing turnover. So, yeah, you're exactly right. You are not going to be able to get anywhere close to what Trayvon Diggs provides for you as that number one cornerback. Fortunately for the Cowboys, they did go out and get Stephon Gilmore this offseason. I think that's going to help a little bit. And they're also going to have to rely on some younger guys now to step in and try and be productive with their reps and, and do a decent job of locking down that opposition's number two wide receiver, most likely. I assume that they're going to have uh, Gilmore shadowing obvious number one wide receivers a whole lot going forward. They're also probably going to have to commit more in the way of coverage to bracketing really good wide receivers now as well because they can't just leave even Stephon Gilmore out on the island like they could Trayvon Diggs. Yeah, Trayvon Diggs leads the NFL in interceptions and pass defended since 2021, the year Dan Quinn took over as the defensive coordinator. So you talk about it, the ball hawk ability that he has. Yeah, he gets burned from time to time. Every cornerback gets burned from time to time. Trayvon Diggs has the ability to change a game every single time he takes the field. And look, the Cowboys defense is still really good. They've got some talent in other spots. They've got some depth. And you're right, the Gilmore acquisition looks even bigger right now. But 
Uh, that's a, a big, big loss for the Dallas Cowboys. So shouldn't affect them this weekend. They're playing the Arizona Cardinals, who are, for my money, the worst team in football. Dallas is a 12-and-a-half-point favorite, even though that's a road game. Um, that's a lot of points. But, hell, the way the Cowboys have looked versus the way Arizona's looked, and it feels like Arizona wants to lose these days. Wouldn't be surprised if the Cowboys open up a can in the desert on Sunday. But, obviously, when you get to some of the other games, hell, week five, Cowboys at 49ers on Sunday night football, not having a Trayvon Diggs to go up against a Debo Samuel and a Brandon Ayuk and all of those weapons in San Fran. That's when you're really going to notice him not being out there. So uh, big loss for the Cowboys, and that's two weeks in a row. I mean, Brandon Cooks got hurt during practice last week. That one wasn't a season ender, but still annoying. And then this week, Trayvon, what the hell is going on at practice, man? What are they doing up there? All right, I guess we have to ask this question because of the debate going on right now. Is their practice field natural grass or an artificial surface? Uh, I don't know, but I do know why Trayvon Diggs got hurt. Because you know, he moved the wrong direction with his knee? No, that would make too much sense. Come on, go with me here. I'm a conspiracy theory guy, and so are you. Let's see, 919. That was three days ago. So earlier this week, guess who threw out the first pitch at the Texas Rangers game inside the gilf at Globe Life Field? Stephen A. Smith? No, he threw it out at Yankee Stadium last night, and we do have the video of that right here. Look, people are saying this is as bad as 50 Cent. People need to go back and watch the 50 Cent video. I realized that he bounced it in like you bounced it in when you threw that first pitch at that Round Rock Express game after I threw a dead red strike. It wasn't nearly as bad as the 50 Cent throw, though. Well, was it as bad as my second first pitch? I unveiled this video for the first time to our audience this morning. Ooh. This is me going for redemption at the Sugarland Space Cowboys game when I was living in Houston, throwing out a ceremonial first pitch. Here we go. Confidence as we take the mound. Throwing up the hook, I'm throwing up the H. You're looking really good right there. What happened? <laughs> You did that intentionally. I don't know, dude. I got the yips out there, man. <laughs> dude, how bad was that? You you did that intentionally, right? Man, I like... Okay, so the first one I threw at the Round Rock game that you referenced a, a moment ago, I warmed up. I played catch with a buddy the day before, and I was overthrowing everything. Yeah. So I overcompensated, and I one-hopped... Pete Cosma, who caught the first pitch for the Express. And then I was like, all right, I'm not even going to warm up this time. I'm just going to go out there, take the mound, <laughs> look at the catcher, and then throw it. And then that's what happened instead. And something you and I always talked about, you threw your first pitch out to Drew Robinson. Yeah. You ended up making it back to the big leagues, becoming an amazing story for a little bit. And like his career took off, basically, after you threw that strike to him. I don't know if I'd say dead red. It was about 32 miles an hour, but it was a strike. The guy I threw it to, Pete Cosma, got cut <laughs> by the Rangers organization days later, days after I bounced in that first pitch to him. Flash forward. I guess it's a flashback, but it's a flash forward from the first first pitch. Guess who I threw the first pitch to at that Sugarland Space Cowboys game? Oh, gosh. Somebody who ends up getting cut? Well, he got traded. That'd be Corey Lee, Ooh. an Astros minor league catcher who literally within the next three or four days got traded to the White Sox as part of a deadline deal. Can we see that video again, please? And I was literally telling all of the listeners and everybody I worked with, I was like, dude, something bad is about to happen to Corey Lee. And then the day he got <laughs> traded, the day he got traded, everyone is like tweeting at me like, this is your fault. You did this. And I'm like, yes, I know. Like, I'm that good. I have that much power. <laughs> Dude. You so you look so confident and you look so capable when you're walking out to the mound. Yeah. You didn't even pull back. You like you pulled back to basically even with your body, you got to pull all the way back and throw the ball. It was one of those like I literally got up to the mound. I should have taken a second to like look at the catcher and like, okay, I've got my bearings. Here's what I need to do. 
Yeah. And I just, I walked out like such a douchebag and I'm like, oh, I got this, man. I don't even need to look. I don't need to wind up. I'll just throw it in there and it's going to be right down the money and or right on the money, right down the middle. And that is what happened instead. Yeah. No, get, getting to the mound and like getting your foot on the rubber and taking a breath. If I were to ever throw another first pitch, that those would be must do things before I were to ever try to throw. Just a bit outside that one right there. That was almost, hit, almost hit the mascot. That would have been good. I mean, that is much closer to the 50 cent throw than what Stephen A. Smith did. Last yeah, but Stephen A. did is something people do all the time, right? Yeah. They just, they one hop it, whatever. Uh, yeah. Uh, yikes. That was tough. How do we get there? Cowboys. Oh, Trayvon Diggs threw yeah. out the first pitch on the mound inside the gilf. You know, the same place where Max Scherzer got hurt, the same place where Nathan Avaldi got hurt, the same place where Jake Odorizzi got hurt. The same place where Jacob DeGrom got hurt. Mm. Same place where the Rangers bullpen has been the most ass bullpen in the history of Major League Baseball. The Rangers as a team are cursed. And now they threw their curse on Trayvon Diggs, the Dallas Cowboys, because he threw out that first pitch this week. That ain't a coincidence, dude. That is that is a fact. What's I don't going on about that one. Rangers didn't play last night, correct? No, none of the three AOS teams played last night. Uh, the Blue Jays lost to the Yankees, Sweet. which is the good news there. Shout out to uh, Stephen A. Smith and Derek Jeter, who Bucky still thinks is on the Yankees, I think, for uh, getting the job done there. But yeah, Astros hosting the Royals should be easy, but nothing's been easy for the Astros at Minute Maid Park. And then the Rangers taking on the Mariners. Um, big, 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 big. You don't need oh. me to tell you that. Is this the final uh, ten day, final ten games of the season where they play the Mariners seven times? That's it, brother. Sweet. Yeah, the season is almost over. Every team controls its own destiny in that American League West. Three teams within half a game, plus all fighting with Toronto for that final wild card spot as well. It's like one handed. I'm never going to say it sucks that football is here, but like, oh my god, it's it's so hard to focus on football and baseball and you need to be focusing on both at a time like this shout out av consultations for the tv setup that helps me do that all right before we get to our picks we've got a new sponsor if you're watching on youtube right now you can see a little dog chilling on a couch at the bottom of the screen you see that yeah okay well that is a picture from our new sponsor great blue heron furniture these guys are the best a custom leather furniture company that has been around since 1991. They focus on heavy leathers, hides, and fabrics, ranging from traditional Western to modern farmhouses. This stuff is beautiful, man. And this is the highest quality furniture that you are going to find. This stuff is not built to last for years. This stuff is built to last for decades. The owner, Matt, Longhorn grad, great dude. Met with him a couple of times over the last week. And the lead manufacturer is one of my best friend's dad. Actually, two guys who are brothers I grew up with in Dallas, their dad is the lead manufacturer. This guy is one of the best people I know. Like, I go to war for this dude, all right? And I would go to war for this company. You will not, you cannot find more stylish, more comfortable, more durable, more well-built furniture anywhere out there. Great Blue Heron Furniture, they're the place to go. And there's a link in our video description below this video that actually will take you directly towards our Texas Sports Unfiltered Collection. That's right. They gave us our own collection there on site and if you use the promo code hook'em you're going to get 15 percent off your purchase that's a big freaking deal when you're talking about nice furniture 15 percent off with the promo code hook'em these guys are legit they've been around since 91 they've been featured in texas monthly and cowboys and indians and so many other publications if you're looking for great furniture that once again looks amazing and is built to last four decades look no further than great blue heron furniture check out that link in the description below and get started over there right now. They'll also send some free leather samples too if you're uh, looking for some more information. No, CB, the dog on the furniture is not Toko. There's Toko. Hey, Toko, how are you, oh, but Oh, shit. You all right? Help me. <laughs> 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 I'm stuck inside this dog costume. I need help. Dude, you paid $15,000 for that. What the hell are you talking about? 
No, that is not Toco. We need to get a great blue hair and furniture Toco collab, though. Actually, I don't know if that'd be good or bad for business for no, GBH. No. Great, mm. yeah, great blue hair and furniture wants to stay far away from Toco. <laughs> I think so too. All right, where are we at in society? He's coming up in uh, about five or six minutes, but now let's do our picks. We are tied through a week. We still need your suggestions for a bet payoff. Trey, I'm going to put an ultimatum. By next week, we'll have a decision made on what this punishment is going to be. We'll take your text, 512-222-9328. We want your feedback. We're looking for ideas for uh, what the loser has to do at the end of our season-long pick'em contest right here on Trey and BK. If you've been a fan of ours for a while, you know not much is off limits. So we are uh, open to what you people have to say. We're going six games, all college, because the slate tomorrow is just ridiculous. Oh, man. You know what? We're scratching another ranked game. We're scratching the Beavers against Washington State. I'm okay with that. Because I want to do Florida State-Clemson. Like, that's not a ranked versus ranked matchup, because Clemson's not ranked. But Florida State's number four. They're in the fake Death Valley, taking on Clemson. The cinnamon rolls are two-point favorites, Trey. I'll give you the honors. It's funny. I thought you might go Philly, Tampa Bay in the NFL, but yeah, I'm, I'm better off with uh, Florida State, Clemson. You said the Seminoles are two-point favorites right now? Mm-hmm. Yeah, I'm going to pick Florida State to cover that one. I think that their defensive front has their way with Clemson's shoddy offensive line. Clemson's lack of playmakers continues to be a problem. Klubnik has struggled in his sophomore season. And Florida State is going to make life miserable for him. And I think that uh, we see last week serve as a sort of wake-up call for them to get up early and stay focused and not almost letting this one slip away. So I have Florida State winning by probably something in that touchdown to 10-point range. WTF, my friend. Wrong team favored. All right. I was too high on Clemson going into the year, and I should not be doubling down, but I am doubling down. I think uh, the Tigers get it done, and they continue their recent dominance over Florida State. Uh, Colorado at Oregon, number 19 at number 10, both teams 3-0. and oh. Despite that, the Ducks are 21-point home favorites. I guess I'll go first. God, I can't bet against Colorado, dude. I can't do it. Like, I think Oregon's going to win. Very confident in that, but 21 points, even with Colorado's defense being bad and not having Travis Hunter I, uh, I still think they can keep it closer than three scores. So I'll take the points with the buffs. I feel like we are seeing and hearing a lot of people going with Colorado because everybody has gotten bitten in the ass at this point by not believing in them enough this year. But I have a feeling, especially with Travis Hunter out, that this is where we see Colorado come back down to earth, not just in terms of the loss, but how they lose this game. Give me Oregon to cover the 21. All right. We're on opposite sides of the first two. How about uh, Pac-12 action at 2.30? Another Pac-12 game at 2.30. Uh, number 22, UCLA at number 11, Utah. I heard you talking about this game with Kevin. I think I know where you're going with this one, but I'll obviously let you make the pick. Yeah, wrong team favored. I'm more impressed so far this year with UCLA than I am Utah. Obviously, playing in the altitude does have an effect, but I just think uh, Utah's offense is uninspiring. I'm not even sure if Cam Rising is playing, but if he is, he's not going to be this dynamic threat that we've become accustomed to over these last couple of years. That on top of UCLA being pretty darn good offensively, I do think the Bruins win this game outright. Yeah, I think Cam Rising is Going to play, but I don't even feel great about that. I'm going to yeah. take Utah because I don't like betting against other teams at Rice-Eccles. Uh, true freshman quarterback in Dante Moore at UCLA has looked good. Super highly touted recruit. Top three or four player in the country this past year. Uh, but that, that's it's too tough of an atmosphere. Utah's too well coached. Six, six feels like more than it should be, but we're very different. I'm going to take the Utes minus six. Ole Miss at Alabama. Alabama's not in the top 10. That is so weird. Number 15, Ole Miss, 3-0. Number 13, Alabama, 2-1. The Crimson Tide at home, 6.5-point favorites. I don't bet against Nick Saban, so I'm betting Alabama. I, I know they have their issues. I'm going to bank on Milrow coming back and playing better than either of the jabronis did last week against South Florida. Give me the Tide. They're not losing two home games in a row under Nick Saban. I'm going to take Bama with the points. 
I want to take Ole Miss here to at least cover, but I, I'm just with you. I can't do that. At some point, they become Alabama again, right? Right? I I hope. I think I hope. Yeah. You know what? Give me Ole Miss. Whoa. Oh, my God. I might Jackson really be in trouble. Is having a hell of a season so far, and I do think that even if Ole Miss doesn't win the game outright, he is able to keep them within – Three to four points. All right. Two more games to get to. We'll see if we have any similar picks this week. The biggest one on paper, the top 10 matchup, number six, Ohio State at number nine, Notre Dame. Very nice. Ohio State, despite playing on the road, a three-point favorite. These two teams played last year. Ohio State won, but Notre Dame covered. That was a three-touchdown line. This is a different Fighting Irish team and maybe a different Ohio State team, too. Is it my turn or is it your turn? It's my turn, and I'm completely okay. piggybacking on KD's analysis of this game yesterday. Give me Notre Dame to win this one. I'll admit, I have not watched a ton of Ohio State this year. Heard that McCord has been a little bit up and down at that quarterback position. Obviously not nearly as good as C.J. Stroud up to this point in his career, and that's not a, uh, a huge statement or a, a flimsy limb to go out on there. But I think Sam Hartman is, uh, much like Jackson Dart, playing really good football right now, so that gives... Notre Dame a chance to to win this one. I do think ultimately that Notre Dame does win the game tomorrow. Yeah, there's like there's enough people betting on Ohio State to where I feel comfortable betting on Notre Dame. This yeah. is getting close to it feels like everyone's picking Notre Dame and Vegas exists for a reason and those casinos don't build themselves. So maybe I should go the other way. But I, I don't think the public is super one sided in favor of Notre Dame right now. So I'm not scared off by that. Yeah, Notre Dame's look better at this point this season. So I feel like this is the best Notre Dame team we've seen in a while. I feel like this is the worst Ohio State team we've seen in a while. So I'm going to go with uh, the Fighting Irish too. Wrong team favored. So we're on the same side there. Finally, I know we're on opposite sides here. We already talked about it. The game in Waco, Texas. It's down to 14 and a half. I don't know if that half point means anything. It was 15 yesterday. Now it's 14 and a half. The third ranked Longhorns taking on the one and two Baylor Bears. You say Texas by 77? That's still my pick. Now, does that mean I get them at plus 76? Nope. Nope. Damn it. No, nope. okay. 14 and a half. Nice. How confident are you? Come on, man. Nice try. Not that confident. Okay. All right. Uh, I'm going to take Baylor with the points. I think Texas wins. I, I think it's like 27 to 20. I really do. Like, I don't even think Texas gets that close to covering. That's, that's half, not even halfway to the line right now because it's 14 and a half. I'll say 27 to 20. And we're unfortunately still talking about inconsistencies from this offense when we do our show together on Monday. Holy shit, dude. If Texas only wins this game by seven points, that is not going to be good. Not going to be good for my psyche the rest of the evening. You know what is good? What? Test Wranglers. Hold on. I should have had this one ready. Here we go. Pest Wranglers, Pest Wranglers, Pest Wranglers. What are you doing? I'm making a silly commercial like other companies so people will remember our name. But we're not like other companies. Anyone can see that from our five-star reviews. But how will people remember Pest Wranglers? Well, once they try us, they'll never forget that we are the most effective, reliable, and affordable pest control company. I guess you're right. Pest Wranglers is the best at pest control, wildlife management, termite pest control. Pest Wranglers, Pest Wranglers, Pest Wranglers. What are you doing? Hey, it couldn't hurt. Pest Wranglers, 512-670-7808 or find us on the web at pestwranglers.com. Pest Hold on. Wranglers. Pest Wranglers, Pest Wranglers. A little special edition. Where are we at today? If anybody hasn't read this article, I don't read it. This was brought to me by a mother of children. I think this is worth reading. Let me tell you why I want to talk about this article. Three-fourths of this is inaccurate. It's fiction. Here's all that kid did. He goes to class. He's respectful to the media. He's respectful to the public. And he's a good kid. And he's not a professional athlete. And he doesn't deserve to be kicked when he's down. That's why I don't read the newspaper. Because it's garbage. And the editor that let it come out is garbage. Come after me. I'm a man. I'm 40. I'm not a, I'm not a kid. Write something about me or our coaches. That's all I got to say. Makes me want to puke. Hmm. Where, was, where are we at in society? Where are we at in society today? 
There we go. <laughs> By the way, at the start of that rant, he said this came from a mother of children. It's the best. Did he think that people assumed it was like mother of dragons or something? <laughs> oh, man, that might be the most underrated part of that epic rant. This was brought to me by a mother of children. Of children. Everyone in that room had to be like, what did he think? Dogs? Cats? Chickens? Dragons? Mother of children? Thank you for letting us know, coach. Appreciate that. Uh, that happened 16 years ago today, Trey. That's why we played the uh, whole video. It felt worth it. Well, it is time for Where Are We At in Society, brought to you by Pest Wranglers. Pest Wranglers. Pest Wranglers. It is our daily look at stories that show we as a people are headed in the wrong direction. Very occasionally, I will give you a story that provides a sense of optimism that has us all saying to ourselves, hey, maybe we as a people are starting to figure something out. Perhaps all is not lost, but today is not that day. No sex Matumbo. I'm going to read a headline from the New York Post. How beaver butts and fish bladders wind up in the food that you eat. Oh, boy. Many would be surprised to learn what's actually in their favorite comfort foods and beverages and the rather disturbing origins that such ingredients have. Secretions from a beaver's anus, bugs, hair, and fish intestines are just some of the bone-chilling fixings they give foods like candy, cheese, and ice cream their scrumptious flavors. Even more shocking is a hodgepodge of bizarre concoctions with which beloved libations such as beer and wine are made. Quote, all beer and wine contains some arsenic, certain beer made with rice, rice wine like sake, and some red and white wines may have higher amounts of arsenic in them than others, according to Dartmouth College. If you choose beer and wine with higher concentrations, consider drinking less of them if you're drinking water, food, or other sources that contain arsenic. That's from the Ivy League institution. So you may be asking yourself right now, BK, what in the world do, does beaver anus secretion have to do with the food that we consume? I was asking myself that this morning, actually, before we even talked. So thank you for having my answer. Well, do you enjoy vanilla-flavored things? Uh, I guess, yeah, like ice cream. Ice cream, berry-flavored things, and perfumes. Well, guess what? There is a good chance that the fragrance or the flavor is coming from a beaver's anal glands. And this is information that has been known now for more than 15 years. But scientists and food researchers swear that this secretion is okay for humans to eat because it's actually been a part of that artificial vanilla flavor in foods for some 80-plus years now. Wow. Shout out to Oregon State for getting their name out there, man. It's impressive. So I'm eating beaver ass all the time. Is that what you're telling me? Yes. Interesting. All right. Other Not as foods, bad as I would have thought. Other foods, like cheese, contain something called rennet, which is derived from the inside, the stomach part of lamb calves. And that helps to clot milk during production. Hair finds its way into many fast food items as well as in order to get healthy servings of an amino acid called cysteine, according to researchers. Quote, the only large-scale natural source of cysteine is from hair. Anything that's beef-flavored will contain this extraction from hair. So that beef-flavored ramen that you're eating with regularity in your house, yeah, that was probably extracted from hair. Nobody eats the beef-flavored ones, though. It's all the... Chicken, right? That's the go-to Maruchan flavor. I don't know. I think some people do beef. And unfortunately mm. for you, BK, if you eat low-quality fast food meat, there is a good chance you are consuming that byproduct of hair as well. Quote, what happens is that during the processing of animal-based products, 
when you're using low quality meat, in order to amp up the flavoring, you got to add a little something, something. Hmm. Well, good news. I don't eat low quality meats at my fast food restaurants. I think the Taco Bell qualifies. Hmm. So I'm eating hair and beaver ass all the time, huh? Are you a big candy guy? Yes, you are. Are you a big candy guy? No. Well, no, congratulations. No. You're missing out on eating a bunch of bugs because confectionery candies like jelly beans rely on a wax and a red dye for their glossy outer yeah. coatings, which comes from bugs. I've heard about this. Red 40. I heard about this as a kid. Yes. Like, Crushed bugs is red 40. So if you see that on the ingredients thing, then, well, that's what you are getting. That's exactly right. Yeah. I don't know why I remember that. None of this other stuff I've heard of, but the the red 40 is something that uh, that I do remember, sadly. I will be uh, very blunt. Ever since I first heard this news about most vanilla flavoring coming from the secretions of a beaver's anus, I have eaten significantly less vanilla flavored things. Uh, Certainly yeah. done with vanilla ice cream. So many good ice creams have vanilla bases, though, right? I know. Well, you got to go. Hopefully, they're not lying when they tell you Mexican vanilla, like an Amy's ice cream. Is it but Mexican beavers instead of, like, from, from the dam here? <laughs> right. We got we to gotta go. God, that's gross. Thank you. I'm going to enjoy my lunch for that one. Coming up next, right here on Texas Sports Unfiltered, Chip Brown, Zay Collier, a little Chip and Zay. Gentlemen, take it away.